there's a sweetness in getting to know the God who has rescued you, mm-hmm. the God who has not abandoned you, just to let, oh, saved, and then, okay, just hang out here until I come back. All right, welcome to this episode of The Weekly. Um, I just found out that uh, Josh had a day of yelling at his students. Uh, <laughs> just, so I'm, that I'm was here. a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Or was it? Uh, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here this evening with uh, Josh and Charlotte Stiles. I'm excited about having them on, excited about uh, hearing a little bit about their story and about uh, the role that Christian Hope plays um, for them and, and their walk. So, uh, Josh, Charlotte, you guys, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what role you play at the Church of Greer Station. Uh, my name is Josh Stiles. Uh, I teach uh, Christian Studies at North Greenville University. Been there for about the past five years. Also teach a criminal justice class. And uh, as far as my role at Greer Station, I'm a lay pastor there, and I also serve on the safety team. And uh, we host a community group on Wednesday nights. And uh, just to, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, the you, you were on the second episode with us, um, and we made the point <laughs> that you are the most unique, uh, interesting man in the world because Thank you. you're law enforcement kind of ministry and teaching combination. Thank so you. Just yeah. wanted to reiterate that. It's good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Charlotte. No, you're fine. Well, I'm Charlotte Stiles, um, and I am a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool our three girls. We have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a one-year-old. Um, and I, my role at Gear Station is we have a community group that meets at our house, and I am busy just trying to love the people in the group. Excellent, excellent. And you guys do um, such a good job. It's always so encouraging to hear all the reports back from college students and others who are in your group and who just speak so glowingly about the chance that they get, that you know, the time that they get with the styles. So <laughs> super thankful for you guys. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. How you serve. Um, so tell me, when did you guys become believers? You want to go first? Sure. Uh, I actually can't really ever remember time not believing. It's one of those stories of growing up in a Christian household. I remember being really young and praying to ask Jesus into my heart, but my faith didn't really become real solid a relationship until seventh grade. And uh, then I... Just the Lord just captivated my heart, and I lost a taste for things of this world, things that I remember craving popularity and all of those things, and the Lord just rearranged my affections and desires for Jesus, and um, yeah, so I would say I can't tell you the exact moment, but I can tell you when it became very personal, Mm -hmm. Um, and wherein I can definitely say the Lord just started wooing my heart to himself and giving me a relationship and a deeper knowledge and desire to walk with him. Hmm. What, what would you say were some of the things that he used to do that? Well, it was a shift. Um, my parents put me in, my brother and my sister, in a private school that was a Christian school. It was really, really small, just sort of starting out. And we all of a sudden had Bible time. And I think the Lord just used a few of those teachers there who just, their love for the Lord was really, really apparent. And maybe my heart was just ready. The Lord had been prepping me and making me ready. My situation 
I, I don't think I would have known it at the time, but I think I was struggling with a lot of anxiety and depression and just not mm. aware of it as mm. a sixth grade student, you know, and, um, and I vividly remember just soaking it in because it wasn't just a Bible class, you know, the Bible and, and a relationship with the Lord and all of that was woven into all subjects. And, um, and it was just then that the Lord just opened my eyes that it was more than just a ticket, you know, more mm. than just saying, okay, I go to church and this is what mm. I'm doing. It's, it was, um, about a relationship, about knowing him. And yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Sort of a similar story for me. I was raised in a, in a church background, uh, probably prayed the prayer, walked down an aisle probably 50 times when I was growing up, but sometime in a late middle school, early high school, um, could tell the spirit actually working in my heart, uh, like Charlotte said, uh, starting to change a lot of my desires um, uh, that I had for worldly things, still battled those and still battle some of those to this day, but but uh, could tell the Spirit was, was living and active in my life at that point. Mm. Praise the Lord. So uh, it's encouraging to hear stories of um, the way that God has saved us and uh, mm-hmm. to use the language that we've been using in our current teaching series, the way that God is saving us currently. Sure. Um, and this, uh, this past Sunday, we talked about um, the scripture um, relating to our Christian hope that God will save us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how would you guys, how would you guys put, in the, put in your own words that Christian hope, the, the reality of, of the, the salvation that awaits us? How would you guys uh, describe that hope? Yeah. You want me go? Um, when we uh, in community group on Wednesday night, when we when we reviewed Romans eight, uh, eighteen through twenty five, which you know will be one of the texts that you'll be speaking on uh, Sunday morning, we'll have um, already spoken on because we'll have already spoken on. Sorry, <laughs> we're I recording this before Sunday, but it's going to be released <laughs> after Sunday. Forgive me, <laughs> technicalities. Um, in any event, the scripture was nevertheless really uh, just really beneficial and just a good reminder um, of how you know our bodies grown. All of creation is groaning and longing for redemption, and the hope that we have is that just as Christ has gone before us and has has risen from the dead and now uh, lives in a glorified body and will be in a glorified body for for all of eternity, um, we as believers uh, have that exact same hope, that our bodies will one day be redeemed and that sin, uh, not only will we be delivered from you know, our sins in this life and, and able to fight, but we'll actually be delivered fully and completely from the presence of sin, and then we'll be able to enjoy Christ forever. It's mm. mm. fantastic. I, one of my favorite scriptures is in St. Corinthians 5 when Paul says yeah. that we're, we're, he uses the similar language of groaning and then says that we're going to be, we're going to receive a new body. And then he like kind of has this clarifying bit where he says, not that we're going to be taking anything off, but we're going to be like receiving more. It's like yeah. kind of the idea that it's... Further clothed, yeah. Yeah, further clothed is, mm-hmm. is the language that he uses there. Um, and it kind of reminds me of uh, like Chronicles of Narnia, like kind of the idea of further up and right. further in, just mm-hmm. kind of a deepening of Correct. what it means to be human. So we're not going right. to be not going to be shedding our, our, exactly. our skin and kind of this nebulous cloud for eternity, but That's we're right. going to be further clothed. Yeah, restored to what God originally intended in the garden as opposed to... Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to halos and clouds. Yeah, fly and away. And, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, now, specifically, Charlotte, that this Christian hope kind of has a particular uh, resonance. Yeah. 
for you? Would you speak to that a little bit? Uh, for the last 12 years of my life, I have dealt with pain, um, specifically in specific areas of my body and its joints and the muscles around those joints. In the last eight years of my life, uh, that pain, the chronic joint pain and muscle pain, um, has been severe. It uh, affects our day-to-day living. Um, I mean, there has been points uh, when it was at its most severe where I was not able to care for our girls. We had to call in reinforcements of family and friends to lift my children and bathe my children, lift them in and out of a crib, um, get them dressed, just just severe pain. you know, not able to lift a gallon of milk, you know, go to the grocery store by myself. Um, that's still sort of a reality today of not being able to, to get out of the house with my girls because I have a hefty little one year old (laughs) who, uh, is, uh, um, you know, can wear on me very quickly, managing her outside the safety of the walls we've created in our home. Um, And so it's just something I'm always mindful of. There's, I don't really think a day that goes by that I am not in some sort of pain. Uh, The Lord has uh, helped me in identifying sources of pain However, I've been to a million doctors and had a million tests run, and nobody can tell me exactly why and mm-hmm. how to completely get out of pain. I know how to manage it largely through diet and exercise to keep it sort of where I'm highly functioning, if we want to say that. But I have to be um, extremely careful. And I think I'm always acknowledging my extreme limitations and always seeing how my physical limitations not only affect myself but my husband and my girls Um, and so there's a lot of groanings in my heart Mm. for a redeemed body a body that Mm. will not hurt um, will not be limited um yeah. So. Hmm. Um, Do you find yourself um, frustrated? Often. Yeah. yeah. I think mostly frustrated when I feel like um, my limitations deprive my children. Hmm. Uh, so, for instance, a bunch of moms are going to the park with their kids, um, and. I know that that's not a safe thing for me to do because Mm. I will very easily probably wind up in pain um, from trying to get my children to the park. You know, that that type of thing. Or um, maybe I'm not wise in what I do and wind up in more pain. Uh, Or maybe something that I eat. Um, And then I see the effects that that has on my husband and um, 
just more stress, more strain that it creates for him. And those are really, really hard emotional mm. things um, for me and mm. finding trust in the Lord in this. Mm. Josh, what about you? Where, when, yeah. when Charlotte um, has bouts of pain, uh, how, does, how does that, what's your kind of default uh, response to that? Yeah, so um, the Lord's, in His great mercy, has, has matured me, I think, at least to some degree in, over the past eight years. When, when Charlotte, uh, when, when the pain got really, really severe, it was sort of a sudden flare-up back when we lived in Raleigh about eight or so years ago. Kara was about 15 or so months old. And we just came home from church one day, and Charlotte was just in, just couldn't couldn't do anything. And I, I vividly remember, I mean, one empathizing or just just hating to see my wife in pain. But as the the days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months, um, I found myself growing uh, bitter at the Lord, um, honestly, because uh, the life that Charlotte and I uh, envisioned for ourselves, as far as hosting a community group at the church we are in Raleigh and being able to hang out with friends and, and kids and that sort of thing, that life uh, just was was taken from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but in hindsight and looking back on that and what God's done in my heart and I, I know in Charlotte's heart over the past several years is, is he sort of rooted out an idol that we had made of our conception of what biblical community mm-hmm. should look like, of what we thought the Christian life should be. And so what God has started to do and started to do, I guess, more acutely in my heart maybe three, four years ago, um, but even more, I think, recently, um, at least I pray so, is um, just reminding me that, that it is not mine or Charlotte's prerogative in this life, um, even how we manage our day-to-day existence, um, much less is it our decision over whether or not my wife remains in pain and if you know, I, I think back to to John, to to John twenty one, and uh, John twenty one twenty. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had been reclining at the table. Twenty one. When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, "Lord, what about this man?" Jesus said to him, "If it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me." And and that's. That's been a, a scripture the Lord has just used to, to change and reorient my perspective on these hmm. things. Just to remember that if God purposes in our lives that my wife be in pain, and, and I, again, hate, wish there was something that I could do to take my wife's pain away. Um, but if it's God's will that she bear that, and that our family bears that, at least indirectly as well, um, that's, that's in God's prerogative to, to hmm. do that. And our responsibility as followers of Christ is to follow in the footsteps of our Savior who entrusted himself uh, to his own Father. And uh, even in in the sense of Charlotte's pain, I mean, this is maybe in some measure filling up the afflictions of Christ. This Hmm. is ways that God can teach us and train us um, to to rely on him. So all that to say, I would hope that uh, whereas initially my default response was just quite frankly anger towards God and that manifested itself in frustration towards Charlotte and irritation and snapping um, I, I'm a sinner and I'll still battle with that but God has reorient, reoriented my perspective in such a way that God's given me more peace in the midst of that and in the hope of waiting for what will one day um, be a time when there will be no more pain for my life mm-hmm. yeah I think it's so much of so much of a 
a laying down your perceived rights. That's right. You know, I don't, I don't have, you know, it's, it's laying down like a sense of entitlement. I don't have just the right to be able to eat however I want or just the right to be able to, to go and do as I please. And um, that's not the lot the Lord has given for me. Hmm. Um, but it's so much of trusting the Lord and the lot that he has given for me that, that he is the, good. The, he is good. The pain, um, at times is, um, can be excruciating. However, the pain has been a gift yeah. hmm. because yeah. I don't see how he would have rooted out idols of my own looking to myself for, yeah. for my own strength and my abilities or seeing my need for him or um, really seeing that he will. He is the one who will provide for mm-hmm. our needs and my children's needs. When, mm-hmm. when I am limited and I can literally only do what I can do, seeing God work and move, um, and actually the gift of limitations and and seeing how mm-hmm. even in my limitations, the gift that can be to our family and That's caring right. for our family. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Paul. Like I have with the Lord to take away the thorn in my flesh mm-hmm. but he has said no you know my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect mm-hmm. in weakness um, and it has made me and Josh both love the Lord more because yeah. of the pain because mm-hmm. of the suffering mm-hmm. um, yep. tasting and seeing that he is better uh, that he is good that he is the all sufficient one so there's never a day that I don't pray that the pain will go away. Yeah. Uh, or I'm still, even now, actively seeking ways to see if I sure. can, um, a way to heal my body, you yeah. know. But uh, at the same time, fighting for that um, contentment, contentment yeah. that joyful contentment that... I can be content and abundance and need and plenty mm-hmm. and want um, because Jesus does strengthen us mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you you bring up a really good point and and even as we even as we await final rescue and final salvation, even as we await a God completing what he began in us, um, he still works in us in the meantime. So mm-hmm. it's not as if he's like distant and he's, he's far removed from us and we're like kind of waiting for him to come back and, and like as if he has you know no interaction with us in the meantime he actually he actually meets us in the meantime yeah. so even as you even as you await the final redemption of your body God is graciously mm-hmm. entering into the present with you and mm-hmm. um, helping you to understand what he's teaching you through this yeah. chronic that's that's super encouraging and I think super important for us to remember because yeah you know, as, as wonderful of a truth as it is that Jesus is going to make all sad things untrue, mm-hmm. um, maybe sometime we can, sometimes we can um, uh, be impatient and kind of Absolutely. look beyond what God is trying to do right. here in the present. Mm-hmm. I think it's so much of 
getting to know your Savior now. You know, I mean, you, you look at the Jesus in the Gospels, but that's still the same Jesus who is mm. working, who's walking with me now. Mm. This, I mean, he may not be choosing to come to me and say, yeah, your faith is healed you. You know, that may not be his plan right now for me, even though it will be his ultimate plan. Mm. Um, and getting to know the God who has rescued you, mm-hmm. the God who has not abandoned you just to let, oh, saved and then, okay, just hang out here until I come back. You know, he's, he is a God of relationships. He is a God who loves his son and loves you in his son. And he's continually drawing you so that you can say with Paul, all things in less life are rubbish compared mm-hmm. to the greatness of knowing mm-hmm. Jesus. And so when you get to heaven, it's, it's the sweetness of, Mm-hmm. awaiting that savior who you've spent your mm-hmm. lifetime to mm-hmm. to know and to fellowship with it's mm-hmm. yeah. excellent now one of the things that um, I'm going to address on Sunday is is the difference between hope and optimism and um, optimism is kind of a kind of a feeling or sort of just mm-hmm. kind of vague well, well wishing how would you guys say that hope is different and how would, you, how would you say that you discipline yourself to hope hmm. in the meantime? Um, I think it's right to say that, that hope is not an emotion. And, and, and our hope is not in, well, maybe it's also good, a good thing to say that you know, our ultimate hope is not in Charlotte getting better in this life. While we certainly desire that, um, that's not where our ultimate hope lies. Our ultimate hope lies in Christ with the redemption of our bodies one day, but just with being with Christ mm. and also in the present that Jesus truly is better. Mm. That, you know, just as Paul speaks of everything by comparison to Christ is, is rubbish. Um, so the hope that we have, and as far as practicing that as a discipline, I think it's daily, hourly, moment by moment, by God's grace, calling to mind the truth of the scriptures as opposed to focusing on the current pain of the circumstances. And Paul, even though he endured, I was just reading earlier in I think it's 2 Corinthians 11 or 10 where he's, yeah, 2 Corinthians 11 where he's recounting the fact, you know, that he's been, um, you know, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, toil and hardship, many a sleepless night, hunger, thirst, often without food, cold and exposure, beatings, shipwrecked, Yet earlier in that same letter in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, he says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, meaning they're passing away. But the things that are unseen are eternal. And so I think that discipline, and really I just can't emphasize enough the importance of Scripture here, meditating on Scripture, choosing by God's mercy to concentrate on Scripture and not our circumstances, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's excellent. This has been um, a super encouraging conversation and, and convicting and um, really helpful to me, and I really appreciate you guys' willingness to talk about yeah. things that aren't easy, but uh, you, you guys are an example to us, an example to our church, an example to me. And uh, I hope it's an encouragement to anyone who listens. Um, We're thankful for the Lord's mercy. Praise the Lord.
Um, so with that, we, uh, we thank you for listening. Um, we hope to uh, talk to you again, and we will see you next time. Thank you.